What's up, everybody? Welcome to Inside the Age podcast. I am your co-host, Ike Cuellar. You can find me on Twitter at Ike Cuellar. Uh, right here with my partner, Kush. What's going on, Kush? How's it going, man? How was your weekend? It was good, man. Ready to get into some of this uh, Rockets and Texans talk, man. We got a lot of stuff sure, to discuss sure. here. So let's uh, let's jump right into it, man. Uh, the Houston Rockets uh, lately haven't been playing well. You know, the last couple of games, but we did get uh, back-to-back wins on games where KPJ and Jalen Green were not playing. So I thought that was pretty impressive, man. The guys really showed a lot of heart and effort uh, in the game versus Detroit where uh, John Lucas was coaching us, really looked like we were into the game, you know, defensively dialed in, we're focused. There was a lot of energy that was brought to that game. And, you know, John Lucas, I feel like he does a great job with the young guys, as as we already know. Uh, you know, his track record, you know, speaks volumes for everything he's done in the league before. Every time he's been our head coach, we've played r- really good under him. And, you know, it, it was it was a beautiful thing to see, man, to beat Detroit because, you know, they were in the, in the draft with us um, a couple of years ago. So that's a team that I feel like we're always going to have beef with because – it was one and two, right? So it was Cade and then Jalen Green. So to get a, a dub against them was um pretty cool thing to see. Um they didn't have Cade, you know, he was hurt as well. That they, they have a lot of they had a lot of injuries themselves too, but you know, it, it was uh anytime you get a win, we just gotta celebrate it. Like we said, we're always gonna on this pod we're always gonna stay positive, man, no matter what. Because uh, it's been, you know, a tough year for us. Um, the game after that, where we got the W, where we got the dub also was against OKC. And it was kind of the same thing. where We came out with a lot of energy. You know, there was a lot of fight from our guys. And it was, you know, a close game down the stretch. They made it interesting down the stretch. But I feel like... In these games where we didn't have KPJ and Jalen Green has been really like a blessing in disguise because we're trying to showcase a little bit of, well, not a little bit, a lot of Eric Gordon, as you guys know, because the trade deadline is coming up. And, you know, he's been playing well, especially in those wins that we got. Um, what do you What do you think about, Eric Gordon, Kush, do you think that we'll get, you know, we'll find a trade partner for him or you think he'll stay here? And do you, would you like to trade him? I mean, I would like to trade him, but I think one thing you have to remember, and I, we talked about this a few, a few uh, uh, episodes ago is if Eric Gordon stays, is that like, is that foreshadowing of the Rockets trying to get James Harden? And I know a lot of fans don't want to, you know, don't want to go there. But I think that's one, that's one thing you have to think about if he stays. Obviously, I'd like to trade him to get some assets back, some draft picks back. 
and you know the trade deadline is coming up, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, it's uh, he obviously he had that moment about the no improvement thing and all that, all the other uh, other stuff. But you know, I personally would like to see him get traded just so we can get something back for him instead of just just letting him rot here where he's not going to win a lot of games. He's not getting to the playoffs. He's not getting a chance to win win a championship. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, in those games, you know, back-to-back wins, um, even, you know, some of the losses that we've had here recently, he's played pretty good. And, you know, he's averaged around 30 minutes a game. And, you know, a couple of those games he had 20-plus points. So I know there's a team out there that he can help out. But, you know, at this point, I think what would be – you know, ideal for us is to get a first round pick for him. Uh, to be honest, I don't think that's going to happen because we had our chance uh, last year to do it. You know, or for whatever reason, I just don't think we can get a first round pick for him anymore. I think we waited too long for that. And, you know, in this situation, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So I wouldn't mind getting, you know, I don't know. It will, if it would be a couple of second-round picks or a second-round pick, you know, at this point, uh, not just to get him to a contender and have him in a favorable situation for him, but, you know, also for our young guys to get more minutes and just to kind of open up our rotation a little bit more with our guards and uh, small forwards, you know, like, you know, Tari Eason needs to be getting a lot of minutes. Uh, Ty Ty Washington needs to be getting a lot of minutes. So I think it would work out for both sides. But honestly, Kush, to be honest, I would um, – I'm almost, like, positive that we're not going to make those moves happen. And I'm ready for – I'm ready just to let Eric Gordon retire with the Rockets because at this point, I just don't think we're going to move him. Um, I just have a weird feeling about it, man. So I- I'm ready for him. You know, he's going to stay with us forever and he'll probably retire a rocket, you know, who knows, but hopefully we can get a, a deal done before the trade deadline. Um, I mean, I don't think we don't, I don't think we have to rush on that because you could still, you know, work something in the off season, but, you know, just for the sake of the season, man, and, and the minutes for the young guys, um, I definitely don't want to trade Jay Sean Tate or KJ Martin. I think those guys bring bring us a lot of value, you know, as far as on the court, what they do. Um, I want to keep those guys, man. So if something happens to where, you know, we have to trade Gordon and we have to, you know, have one of those guys in that deal, if somebody put a gun to my head, I would choose Jay Sean Tate over KJ Martin because I want to keep KJ Martin. But that's just me, you know. Like that's what that's what I feel would be best for the team. But you know, they're smarter people than they're smarter people than I am. So we'll see what happens there. Um, we also want to get to the news where that came out, you know, a couple of days ago with Kyrie Irving demanding a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. I want to get your thoughts on that, Kush, and 
what do you think happens and where do you think this guy ends up? I think the, the Kyrie Irving uh, trade request news is actually great news for all Rockets fans because, you know, one of the things when we made the James Harden trade was uh, we hope that they don't, you know, succeed and uh, get to the playoffs every year and win a championship because that means better picks for us, right, when we made that deal. And so this is, you know, James Harden, you know, leaving was the first domino to fall. Now it's Kyrie Irving. Um I think on the Nets side of things, it's kind of like I think the organization has just grown tired of Kyrie's antics and all this stuff. It's been uh, with the whole vaccination thing and uh, him just sitting out games uh, the past few years. And they haven't really had success in the playoffs, even with Kyrie and uh, KD. I think did Kyrie even play in the playoffs last year or was it just KD? I don't remember. I think it was just KD, but I could be wrong. But either way, they didn't get far in the playoffs last year. I think they were first round exit. And I think the the teams that were mentioned were the Lakers, the Clippers, and somebody else. I forgot who the other team was. It was Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas, yeah. They were in that mix. Yeah, Dallas. And if Dallas can make a move for him, then maybe, you know, you can keep Luka happy for a few more years. So he doesn't get disgruntled and one out because that's like a real possibility in my opinion. And obviously with the Lakers thing, he's played with LeBron. He's played, he's won a championship with LeBron and the, the Clippers thing is interesting. Um, I mean, to be really honest with you, we, we don't know when uh, Kawhi Leonard is going to play, how many games he's going to play uh, every season. So uh, it's, for if you're a if you're an NBA fan in general, like a casual general NBA fan, I think it's it's a fun thing to watch. Um, but for the Rockets, I think we're all rejoicing because we all wanted the downfall of the Nets, and here it is. And um, who knows, KD might be next to ask that. We'll see. Yeah, man, I agree. I feel like you know, really, he's gonna end up with the Lakers because you can you can see it a mile away and. They're going to push for this so hard, whether they give up their picks they have in, you know, 2027 or 2029. I forgot the years they have their picks, but I think he's going to end up with the Lakers. I saw the report about the Clippers, you know, making a good um, offer for him. I think that would be interesting, too, because, you know, Ty Lue coached him in Cleveland where they won a championship and he's very familiar with him and they're looking for a point guard themselves, you know, to kind of run the show over there with the Clippers. I think that would really make them title contenders if they were able to acquire Kyrie Irvin and they would be the favorites in the West, in my opinion, if that were to happen. But I think eventually he's going to end up with the Lakers Um, in terms of what it means for us. I still think that you have to see what Kevin Durant does, what he does the rest of the season, and what he does in the offseason for kind for that to kind of have an impact on us. I do think that if a deal gets done between Brooklyn and the Lakers, you know, we need to be making a lot of phone calls here and there and just to see what we can get out of it, whether we're like a third team or like 
maybe we can flip our pick somehow to where we get more picks or, you know, where it's beneficial for us. But I think this is the time where, you know, Stone really needs to be working his magic and just getting the most out of, you know, any deal, even if you're not, you know, getting Kyrie Irving yourself, you know, on the team. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I do think he's going to end up with the Los Angeles Lakers, which, you know, that's kind of cringy to talk about because I'm not a Lakers fan at all. I'm a Lakers yeah, hater. I don't like the Lakers on the podcast, man. <laughs> no, hell no. No, no L.A. teams, that's for sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, I think he'll end up with the Lakers. And uh, we'll see what happens, man, because he's um, – He's definitely not going to stay in Brooklyn. They said they're going to try to work a deal, you know, try to get him out of there and try to get uh, something for him because he told them that he'll walk in the summer, you know, if they don't trade him. So very interesting, very interesting to see what happens there. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, make something happen, um, you know, in terms of, you know, us at Houston Rockets and whether that's flipping picks or, you know, finding a trade partner for Eric Gordon and moving on from him, um, I think will be, you know, ideal for us, you know, as Rocket fans. And wow, I just got the notification, Kush, you know, from, it's coming from Adrian uh, Wojnowski. The Brooklyn Nets are trading Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. Wow. This is literally right now. Breaking we're news on, on Inside the H Pod, bro. Yes, sir. The Mavericks are sending uh, Finney Smith and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and a 2029 first round pick and two second round picks to the Nets in exchange for Kyrie Irving. This is huge news uh, coming out. Uh, you know, my first thought is. It's kind of bittersweet because he's going to the Mavericks. I, I fucking hate Dallas. Don't get me wrong. But I'm happy that he's not going to the Lakers, bro. Like, because I think they could they could have made a lot of noise over there in LA, him and LeBron with that, you know, past experience they had together. Um, but now him joining Luca in Dallas, it's huge. And I think it makes them a top top contender in the West, and that is huge news. What are your thoughts on this trade, man? This shit literally just came out, bro. I just got it on my phone. Um, it's just incredible, man. What, what are your thoughts, Kush? I think this is huge. Like, if you're a Mavericks fan, this is huge because um, earlier in the season, Luca, you know, voiced his um, – displeasure of how the Mavericks were not building anything around him. And now he has Kyrie Irving alongside him. So, you know, I think that's huge for the Mavericks because now you don't, you, as a fan, you don't have to worry about, for the time being, you don't have to worry about, does Luka want out? Is Luka unhappy here? Um, are they we going to try to trade Luka and Lex couple years because he's upset with management all this other you know all these other rumors and talks 
So I think this makes them obviously Kyrie Irving. You know, we you know we saw the sitting him sitting games in Brooklyn, all the other off the court drama and all this other stuff in Brooklyn. We'll see what he does in Dallas. But if if he's on the court together with Luca, I mean, that's one of the best teams in the in the uh, Western Conference, in my opinion. Like that's that's going to be a tough out in the playoffs if they get if they get to the playoffs. Yeah, man, I want to see what happens in the playoffs and how it plays out, how far they go. You know, I I think that with this move, they can make it to the Western Conference Finals again this year. Um, It's interesting what the Nets got back. They got a 2029 first-round pick and two second-round picks, which, you know, the beggars can't be choosers, and that's a long way, you know, away from now, but – we have a lot of their picks, like we know, the Houston Rockets. And just for them to get some something in return for Kyrie Irving, and plus those two players, man, um, those are very good players. They're getting back in that package. I think it was overall a good deal for Brooklyn to get that because Kyrie Irving would have just walked in the offseason. And – you know, I'm not going to lie, though, man. Like, Kyrie hasn't been um, the most stable guy the last couple of years. And any team that he's been on, it's always kind of been a shit show because of the things that he says or how he doesn't show up to work or he didn't want to get vaccinated, this, that, and the other. Uh, he's just – it seems like he's just been, you know, prob- had problem after problem uh, – ever since he left Cleveland and it would be beautiful to see another shit show in Dallas, you know, as a rocket fan where something happens with them. And not only does he want out of there, but then, but now Luca wants out of there. So it's kind of playing with fire when you acquire uh, Kyrie Irving, or you decide to bring that guy on your team, man. I feel like he's a cancer to a team right now, like in his stage of his career because of everything that has happened. But, you know, when he's focused and dialed in, he's one of the best players in the league. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. It's just like the things that happen, you know, off the court and the things that he says and, you know, and just like his availability sometimes too, man, because he's he hasn't been the most stable person or player, you know, um, like recently here in the last couple of years, everywhere he's been, it's always been a shit show. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. I would love for that to happen in Dallas just because I'm a Rockets fan. Um, don't wish bad. I don't wish bad on Kyrie, but – I still don't like Dallas is what I'm saying, right? Like, I, I don't want to, like, like, just shun the guy. But I still think that uh, Dallas is going to go pretty far in the playoffs. And good luck dealing with that head of case, man. That's all I'm going to say. That's a lot of work to deal 
you know, with a player like that that's had a lot of problems in the past and just when he decides to check out on you, you're done. It's over. Like, he's not playing. So uh, I just think this was uh, crazy that it came out right now while while we're recording, man. But, you know, we had to, we had to just talk about it, man, because he, I think that him and Luca are going to be, like, really good together, but not for a very long time. That's my early prediction about it. Yeah, I think the other thing about this is isn't Kyrie Irving a free agent this offseason? So, like, I guess technically it's a rental. They can kind of see how it goes for the rest of the season if they don't want to, if they don't want to, you know, extend them, they don't have to, right? Yes. Yeah, so I think that I think that's a pretty important part of it. And, you know, if I'm Kyrie, like, <laughs> I, I kind of want to be on my best behavior because at least for the next few months so I can get a deal with the Mavs and, you know, I don't want a championship with Luca in, in Dallas. Like, yeah, like if I'm Kyrie, I'm like, I want to be on my best behavior because, as far as like a team signing him in the off season, like, well, I, I'll ask you this: like, let's say you're a random NBA GM and you need a point guard, right? Would you sign Kyrie knowing about like all the other, all, like all the drama with him? I would not. I would try to get somebody else uh, in free agency, uh, you know, another point guard that's, that has experience, that's, that's more poised, uh, more calm in that situation, uh, you know, a better locker room guy, you know, glue guy that you can put on your team and – where it's beneficial for everybody because right now you can't trust the man. It's just everything that's gone on with him and, you know, be interesting to see who throws that money at him this off season. Cause like you said, because how can you trust this guy? Can you give this guy like a three or four year deal? I don't think you can unless you're like the Los Angeles Lakers and you kind of want to salvage LeBron's, you know, last couple of years, two or three years, maybe. I think that makes a lot of sense because now you can, you know, help LeBron in that aspect to adding another star and not wasting LeBron's last years, you know, with, with the Los Angeles Lakers. I think he has probably another two or three good years left in them, LeBron James. So, I think that makes sense, but other than that team, I don't see who would who would really pay him, you know, on, on the long deal like that. You know, that's why the playoffs this season and the playoffs are very important. And I want to see what they do, um, him and Luca together this year. Yeah, I think like if if someone were to offer him a three or four year deal, I don't think he would take it. I think he wants the max, right? Like. Like especially him being being a free agent this year, that's why, that's why I'm saying like he needs to stay healthy, ball out the rest of the way, and then maybe maybe Dallas will 
you know, get duped into giving him the max, you know. And you know, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes once that happens. But I think it's gonna be this huge, huge bombshell drop by Woj by Woj right now. Um, man, Kyrie yeah, Dallas, that's crazy. That, that, that's a Woj bomb for you, for real, man. It it came out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, because we knew that you know he was gonna get traded. But you know, while we're recording, I'm like, bro, we gotta we gotta hop on this ASAP and. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we get to see them play together because I want to see how they gel too, man. I think that's going to be interesting um, on the Mavericks team and how it goes from there. Yeah, and, and I'll say this: Kyrie and Luca are two of the most skilled players in the NBA. Like, so just from a basketball fan standpoint, I just want to see how they mesh together and what it looks like with them being together on the court. Facts, man. It's going to be crazy to see. But let's get into the Houston Texans. We just made possibly the best move in our franchise history, and that is we hired D'Amico Ryans as head coach this past Tuesday. And I'm, I am so excited about this hire. We've been talking about this move on our podcast here for the last, you know, at least two or three episodes, Kush. And just the way they introduced him when he came into NRG Stadium, everybody saw the video. It was on Twitter, uh, on social media. You know, it, it was just one of those moments where you thought, you know, the Texans finally did something right. And you know, to have him as our head coach, somebody that you know does not lack passion or effort, like he, he cares about what he's doing, you know, it means a lot to the city. I want to get your thoughts about what you were, you know, what you thought and what were your feeling when this happened and you heard the news that. D'Amico Ryans is our new head coach. You know, I was just I was just so happy and so relieved that first of all they got it right. And um I think they they rolled the red carpet out for D'Amico, obviously. Uh, you know, former player. He played here for a long time and went to the Eagles and then he went up to the coaching ranks with Kyle Shanahan and now he's head coach here and I think one one thing that stuck out to me was he, that he said that the Houston Texans was his dream job, which like is if you obviously if you've been here and you know the history of this team the past few years is pretty eye opening and like wow it's like wow he actually wants to be here you know. And that just, as a Texans fan, that just makes you feel good, you know? Like, somebody actually wants to be here to say that this is his dream job is just, it's just crazy to me. And, you know, it just shows that D'Amico is all in. He's going to do whatever it takes to build a winner in Houston. And I think another point a lot of people have been missing, in my opinion, is from the past few coaches that we had, like, I'm going to go back to Bill O'Brien, right? Bill O'Brien never really resonated with the city, uh, with the fans, really. Um, 
David Cully and Lovey Lovey Smith the same thing. He, they never really resonated with the city, with the fans, and it's the complete opposite with D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's, if you uh, if we looked at his um his press conference and like the introduction and all that stuff, Paul Wall was there, Bun B was there, um, all like the former players that he played with were there. Like everybody showed up for him. Everybody showed out for him which that was pretty cool to see as a fan. And I think that just shows you that they're, you know, with this signing, not only is it the right signing, it's the right move, but they're getting the fans back, which is really, really important. And not only that is he's, I think he's going to be a great head coach. Yeah, man. I just loved everything about it. You know, about the whole process, how they brought him in, the love they were showing him. And I think if you know football a little bit, you just knew that David Cully and Lovey Smith were not going to be here for a very long time. You know, they're not they're not good coaches. Lovey Smith once was when he was with Chicago. He took them to a Super Bowl, but that was a long time ago. You know, ever since then, he's had, you know, bad records as a coordinator or as a head coach. So you just knew that they weren't going to be here for a long time because I, I keep hearing some fans say, well, how come they didn't do this for Cully or Lovey Smith? Like, you guys don't understand how much D'Amico Ryan's means to us. This guy was here when we were winning. This guy, you can trust him with making all those decisions He's got a track record now to where he's successful in the NFL where he's built relationships with these players and they trust him. I mean, you could just look at, you know, Fred Warner when he was talking in the press conference about how he was able to have an impact on his career. And he basically helped him become one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And that's what you want as your head coach. You want somebody the guys can relate to. You want somebody that's been there. But I think more importantly, you want somebody that has that passion to win football games. And he said it like the press conference was so perfect in terms of like all his, the way he responded to all his, to all his questions, the way he answered all his questions he's just the perfect candidate that we wanted because we were not the only team that wanted him. The Denver Broncos were trying to hire him that same day. And it sounds funny to say, but they really had to settle for Sean Payton and overpay for him. They gave out the uh, two picks for him. It was the first rounder and a second rounder to get him as your head coach and at this point, man, you're just overpaying for everything. You overpaid for Russell Wilson. You overpaid for Sean Payton. And we didn't do none of that. And we got the best candidate out there that was in the market. So by far, this has been the best move the Texans have made probably in their history, man, besides drafting on team, because in terms of, you know, changing the culture, um, changing the way we do things. Um, what do you think that we'll see differently next year? Well, I think 
That obviously that depends on the draft. And I think in weeks past we were all, you know, clamoring with for them with the number two pick to get a quarterback, right? And with D'Amico Rhines as your head coach, I think you have options. Obviously, we want to get that quarterback. We need to get that quarterback. But I can see a scenario where they pick a defensive player, number two, and, like, let's say, like, a wide receiver, you know, with the other pick in the second round. Or they can get go quarterback and then defensive player in the second pick. Or they can go quarterback and receiver. So, you know, the options are wide open. Obviously, um, D'Amico Ryans is a defensive head coach. He's a defensive guy. So, you know, if they do end up going with a defensive player in the draft, then I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know... They have, I think they have a really good shot to win some games next year. Um, also depends on free agency. So we have like, before we even make any predictions, we have we have like so much things to still see what they do about uh, drafts and free agency. But you know, you're in the AFC South. You always have a chance because you know. I think the AFC South came down to the last game this year. And if you can win some games in your division, you have a chance. Also, we, I look, I kind of glanced over the schedule. There's a lot of teams we're playing next year that have uncertain quarterback situations or new quarterback situations. So if D'Amico can get that defense right and you can, you can kind of sloppy up the games a little bit and you know get to the quarterback with your defense obviously I think you have a chance to win some games so I mean you know we'll we'll see what happens um I want to go back to um what we said about the press conference with D'Amico right I think a lot of coaches in the NFL give you a a ton of coach speak and they're kind of like secretive with what they want to do what what they're doing I think with with D'Amico's press conference, he was out there with it. He was very authentic, which was like a change of pace for me to see in an NFL coach, which I freaking love that shit, man. I love it when coaches are like upfront and authentic and D'Amico's a hundred percent authentic with it. And, you know, I think if we compare the, the press conferences of this year, last year and the year before David Cully's press conference, like I don't know about you, but I didn't even watch it because I was not even invested in David Cully at all. And um, the Lovey Smith one, they, you know, they were really, really criticized for the Josh McCown stuff. So they, they, he, he kind of had to to win the press conference, which, you know, I think he did that last year. And the one with D'Amico is just, I think he knocked it out of the park. It was a home run grand slam. Yeah, man, I agree with everything you said. Just, you know, the perfect the perfect candidate for us, man. And we really – I feel like we hit the jackpot with him. Um, I want to add something to, you know, the things that we're talking about because I think it's relevant. Um, you got to remember this guy went to Alabama, you know, in college and – I think that's a big reason why Cal and Nick Casario chose him because they know how smart of a football player and mind 
he is. And you could hear it in the press conference, you know, all the the way he answered the questions, like what he's thinking, uh, the type of football team that we want to be, you know, the things that he was saying. It just, you know, it's what you want to hear as a Texan fan. And one thing that I'm really excited about is that he has no fucking ties to the New England Patriots. That's a beautiful thing because we don't we want to stay far as possible from them with the ties and everything. We're not the Patriots South, even though we have Nick Casario and he was, you know, part of the regime up there. Um, we want to get as far as possible away from that, from those coaches. We want to do our own thing, you know, set our our culture the way we want to do it. Um, I would be, you know, really upset if we hired like Josh McDaniels type of coach or like somebody that was under the Bill Belichick, you know, tree, because a lot of the times those guys don't turn into good coaches. And you saw that with Bill O'Brien and all the shit that we have to, that we went through with him as our head coach. So that was one of the, the best things that I like, you know, in terms of just doing shit our way, right? Like doing it the different, that different way than the Patriot South quote unquote, you know, type of way. So I'm really excited for next season. Personally, I think we are still going to draft a quarterback in my opinion, because that's the, the position that, you know, changes your football team instantly. And I think with the 12th pick, we'll probably get a defensive player, you know, whether you get a, get a quarterback first at number two and at number 12, go get a player that goes get the quarterback. If that makes sense. Like get a, um, a defensive, linebacker or defensive end. Yeah. Linebacker, defensive end. That's, you know, can pile up the sacks and instantly I think we'll be right back in it, man, in, in the in the mix of things, whether that's wild card, hopefully, and and really excited to to see what happens in the draft. I um I want to get your thoughts on who do you think will draft in your opinion as far as like number two, number twelve pick and do you think that our defense will be top 10 next year? Just to put it out there. Uh, what do you think about that, Chris? I don't know about top 10, but, I, you know, I definitely think it's going to improve. Um, like, let's say if they get Will Anderson, uh, number two, obviously that improves your defense a lot. Um, but I'm like – even with the guys we we have on the defense right now, I think we have talent on defense. It's just we, you know, obviously with Lovey Smith's defense last year, um, I felt like they misused Stingley because Stingley is not a zone corner. He's, he excels in man coverage. And so I think this year or next year, I should say, I think we'll, I think we'll see D'Amico Ryan's uh, utilize uh, all our defensive players the right way and hopefully that means that they'll improve and hopefully that means they'll improve statistically in the win category but as far as the draft like 
I still say you should get a quarterback with the first with our first draft pick. And I think you can make a stronger argument for that because because D'Amico is a coach and he can coach guys up and he and hopefully if Nick Casario is a scout that we all you know that they said he was in New England, they can find guys and then D'Amico can develop guys. And that's one of the things that he talked about in the press conference is, you know, in my opinion, for the past few years, ever since Bill O'Brien, they were just really poor at developing guys, not not even just drafting guys, just developing the talent. And I think D'Amico is going to change that. And so let's say if you do get some defensive players in the second or third round, I feel like D'Amico is a coach that can develop those guys and, you know, hopefully make them into a Fred Warner type player. And so I think that's that's one of the most – that's one of the things I'm most excited to see is how he de- develops our guys that we draft and whoever we get in free agency, how they fit into the defense. Yeah, man, I want to go back to what you said about, you know, Bill O'Brien, you know, developing the young guys when he was here. You know, he, he basically never really trusted them, man. And, you know, he always said they didn't know anything. You know, they didn't know the playbook, didn't know – what was going on. When you look around the league, you see a lot of guys that are right away being integrated into the offense or defense and making a huge impact on the team because you have to work with these guys and you have to trust them. You know, that's that's something that plays a big part into that. And I feel like D'Amico is going to do really well in that. Like you said, he's perfect um, in that position in terms of, you know, making the guys accountable and making them know, like, hey, man, I need you to be, like, a hard worker from day one. You know, I need you to pour everything you have into our organization, into our football team, and I think he will because look at, like, I know this is one of the best rookies in terms of offense, you know, in a long time, but look at Justin Jefferson. I think he's been in the league two or three years, and you can arguably say that he's the best wide receiver in the league, and that's because they put him in a spot to succeed. In the offense, they made sure they worked with him. You know, they had other receivers uh, that were vets working with him. They had great coordinators. Now they have the coach that used to be with the Rams, you know, coaching them, he had his best year ever. So I feel like with a lot of these guys that you draft first round, even second round, can turn out like that. You just got to – you have to trust him. You know, you have to work with him, and you have to be willing to have some patience with these guys because these are talented guys that you get, you know, in the first, second round, uh, even further. So we'll see um, – we'll wait and see – what happens and who we draft, but I'm looking forward to the draft already, man. I can't wait and very excited about the future for the Houston Texans. Yeah, man. And another thing, another thing I want to bring up is there's been, you know, rumors and rumblings in Cincinnati that, you know, T Higgins is coming up on a, on an extension and they might trade him because they don't want to pay him. And so I think that's another thing to think about is, 
do you try to make a move to get T. Higgins and make him your number one wide receiver? Um, based, you know, obviously he's still in a quarterback, but do you make that move and then kind of address the offense that way? And um, the thing I want to close out with is the one player I'm really, really excited to see in the offense is next year is Damian Pierce because, you know, I think D'Amico is going to run that West Coast Gary Kubiak style offense. And the one thing we know about that type of offense is the running back always excels in those types of offenses. And so he already had a pretty good year last year. So I'm just really, really hyped and excited to see what he's going to do next year in this offense. Yes. That's another reason why I think that we should draft a quarterback because in that type of offense too, is very quarterback friendly where it protects the quarterback, you know, in terms of giving them time to do stuff with the play action and just, you know, having plays here that take the pressure off of them, uh, you know, early in games. I remember Gary Kubiak used to do that a lot with Matt Schaub, and Matt Schaub had, like, one of his best years where he threw for, like, 4,000 or 5,000 yards. So, um, you know, I'm just going to say that I think we're going to draft a quarterback because of that, like all the signs point to that. But yeah, I agree, man. I agree uh, with what you're saying. So now I want to get to, you know, a rant that I think it's one that needs to be said for as far as, you know, other fans of the NFL that hate on the Texans because of this move. Um. There was a couple of people I talked to that when the news came out that we hired D'Amico Ryans, they were trying to be a buzzkill right away, bro. And what I mean by that is they were saying, well, I want to see what the front office does. And I want to see if it's, if this is a one year and done deal like they did David Cully and Lovey Smith. And like I mentioned earlier, if you know anything about football, you knew that these guys were not going to be here uh, for a very long time and they were bad coaches. So I feel like you trying to, you know, pump the brakes on us kind of celebrating this move because we know this is one of the best moves the Houston Texans have done in their franchise history. It's just, you know, an ugly thing to see. It's really miserable fans out there because I've even seen Cowboy fans come out of nowhere and say, hey, congratulations, you guys. You guys made the right move. And, you know, we hope all the best for you. When you have Cowboy fans uh, congratulating you, you know that anybody can just give you a dap and be like, okay, hey, congratulations. It looks like you guys found the head coach. Um, Good luck to y'all in the future. And, you know, these, these fans just coming out the blue, just out of nowhere, really, like hating on us as soon as it happened, it really shows how big of like of hater, how big of a hater they are 
You know what I'm saying? Like, this meeting is being recorded. So even like the media, right? Like shows like First Take, you know, screaming A Smith as we like to call him. Me and you, shout out to Kush because he was the first one that came up with that name. <laughs> so I just want to say that. But he was, Stephen A was one of the people that was saying black coaches should not want to apply for the Houston Texans organization because of what happened with David Cully and Lovey Smith. And really, it's a lot of noise for nothing. I think the only people that matter are the people in that building. They know what's happened before, even in history, how he played for us, how he called off his other interviews after he knew that he was going to take this job. He even said it, you know, in the press conference. And I just feel like if you, the media really, like hates on Houston so much that like even when we make good moves, they try to hate on us even more. And I just think, you know, that's just a sign of people just being miserable because if anything, this move is celebrated, you know, all through the city of Houston. And we know that because we're Houston fans. I just think that they need to end that shit, bro. Like stop trying to be a hater, like, you look corny and stupid, like, just go focus on your team. Go focus on what your team needs to do and, you know, talk about that. But when you come over here, like, hating on us, talking shit, you're going to get some smoke right back. It's just the way it is, especially with Houston fans, man. I want to get your thoughts on that, Kush, because, you know, there's a lot of fans that just are quick to hate. And this is a move that was celebrated. This is not a move where you go back and say, well, I want to see what they do with him. Uh, I want to see if they give him the weapons, this, that, and the other. Like, he's he's the boss here now, bro. Like, they're going to give him the power to do that. He's already, like, the head coach. So stop with that shit, bro. That shit is so annoying to me. What are your thoughts on that, Kush? Well, I think that the whole national media narrative of the uh, Texans organization is all they see is that we've been through two head coaches, now the third head coach in the last three years. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't want to look into, you know, why is that or what is the surrounding information behind that? It's just you fired you, your head coach. Um, fired two head coaches in a row. And I think the other thing that I want to say is, like, let's say if we would have kept Lovey Smith, if we would have lost out on D'Amico Ryans. And if that oh, happened, facts. which if that happened, which a lot of the national media narrative were criticizing us for firing Lovey Smith, if we would have listened to them and kept Lovey Smith and lost out on D'Amico Ryans, oh, we would have face a lot of criticism and much, you know, much warranted criticism if that would have happened, but that didn't happen. We fired Lovey Smith. We made the right decision in doing that. And I'll I'll always say that 100% of the time, 
that was a right decision to fire Lovey Smith. Um, it resulted in us getting D'Amico Ryan. So at the end of the day, Texans fans win. Uh, the national media don't know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to the Texans. Um, and it's funny because the day, the morning after we hired D'Amico, we didn't hear a peep from the national media people because they know they were so stupid for saying what they said. Um, and it's like, it's it's just mind-boggling to me that, you know, we we got the best coach available. And I feel like, you know, I'm not I'm not the type of fan that wants the national media love all the time, but I feel like that because we made that move, we should like they should give us our flowers for that. And, you know, I'll say this, Cal McNair has gotten a lot of criticism over the past few years. Some of it, you know, is warranted, some of it's not. And the thing that I'll say is he made the right decision. He deserves his flowers for making that decision to hire D'Amico Ryans. And, you know, the national media can say whatever the hell they want. Um, I think, you know, we criticize the Texans a lot, like I said, but for this particular move, I give them an A plus because they, you know, any way you slice it, they got the best coach on the market. This meeting is being recorded. And I want to add to what I was saying to Kush. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like it wasn't a shit show you know, prior to this move, because I think a lot of us can agree, like, yeah, we're down there with one of the poverty franchises as far as moves and trades that we've made before, you know? So the criticism, you know, it's it's fair, like, you know, to, to talk shit about the Texans. You know, when I was mad, I did that a lot too. I'm not gonna lie. But when you see your organization making the right move, when you see them trying to change the culture, trying to reconnect with the fans, to bring the fans back, this is a move that needs to be celebrated, right? This is not a move where you say, well, wait, let's not, you know, let's see what they do first, you know? When you're a fan of the Houston Texans and you see a move like that, you're going to be happy. You're going to celebrate it. You know, like all that hating shit, don't bring it over here, bro. Like, don't don't bring it to my face. You're going to get some smoke. <laughs> and it's not that serious, like, where I'm going to, like, fight somebody. But, yeah, I'm going to talk my shit, bro. Like, let us have our moment and get the fuck out of our way. You know, I'm sorry to say it like that where if I sound aggressive, but, like, these fans are just miserable, bro. And, like, the media's always hated on us. They're never going to change. You know, who cares? Because they're, they're always going to be like that. But I cannot wait for the day where D'Amico Rines takes the Houston Texans to an AFC championship game. Can you imagine how how epic that's going to be for the city of Houston you know, um, it's just going to be a big-ass party, bro. And I cannot wait to see the looks on everybody's faces when that happens because I do think that the Miko Ryans can do that. 
I know it's very early. We still got to wait to see if he's, you know, a successful head coach. But, you know, don't don't come over here talking shit because you're going to get it right back. And, like, just worry about your team and, and you know, go go kick rocks or something, bro. I'm, I'm tired of these fans, you know, hating like that. And uh, I know it's always going to happen, man, but – you know, you're going to get the smoke right back to you, bro. So you have any thoughts, any more thoughts on that, Kush? Yeah, I just want to say, like, the, the whole the whole one-and-done joke is just overplayed. Like, and it's just, like, it's just funny because if it was any other team that got D'Amico Ryans, they wouldn't be saying any of this stuff. Obviously, that's the Texans' fault for, you know, even doing that. But people, you know, I, I get people talk shit on social media, but as far as the national media people doing it, it's embarrassing because like if you're a national media guy, you should know you should know the the um what's the word I'm looking for? The like the surrounding information around the whole David Cully and Lovey Smith thing. It's just like it's like in my opinion, first of all, like recycling that narrative is lazy. It's stupid. It's and- stupid, bro. And it's just like, bro, you're a national media guy. You should freaking know better than that, you know? And it's like, you don't have to do much research to know that they were both they were both going to be one and done. They were, you know, it's it's kind of like I, I compared to the idea that, you know, you fail and you fail and you fail until you make it. You fake it till you make it, right? And I guess yeah. what they with these coaches, man, like, because nobody wanted to come here, and it was such a bad situation with the Deshaun Watson stuff, and the, you know, and the Jack Easterby stuff, it's like, nobody wanted to come here, so they're like, okay, we'll get this guy, okay, we'll get this guy, and then finally this year, Deshaun Watson stuff was done, you get cap space, you get draft picks, now people wanted to come here, and I think, I think the we don't even have to go to the hiring of D'Amico Ryans to debunk the national media narrative. I think the fact that we interviewed all the top candidates in the league just shows you that the people that are saying the tech, like no one wants to go to the Texans this year. I think that narrative is just stupid. It's, it's proven, it's proven to be stupid and it's proven to be debunked. You know, it's, it's, and we're not even talking about D'Amico Ryans. I'm just talking about just all the candidates that we interviewed. And it's just like, dude, just stop it with the stupid narratives. Just yeah, man. Just all you have to say is that you know, good job Texans, and we'll see what they do. That's it. But they can't even do that. I guess they can't. You know, the one thing about the national media people is they, whenever they're wrong about stuff, they either don't show up to talk about it at all, or they just keep making excuses of why their position was right. So, you know, what can you do? All you can do is. Move on, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. You're right. Um, the, the media, you know, really can't do too much about that. But, you know, like, like I said, the fans, the other fans coming, you know, giving their two cents about it, hating is what's very annoying to me because they don't even, they won't even let you celebrate it, right? They, they want to be a buzzkill to your moment. And be like, wait, look, look what y'all did to those two other coaches. And to be honest, bro, like nobody in the NFL 
what's going to hire those two coaches, right? I can put money on that. Nobody was going to hire David Cully that had no head coaching experience. He was a receivers coach for the Baltimore Ravens, never had no head coaching experience, had no business being a head coach, and we made that happen for him, uh, especially with the contract he got. He's pretty much set, you know, as far as in terms of money. And even Lovey Smith, like I said, after, you know, working in Chicago, being head coach in Chicago, he really never accomplished anything else. And nobody was going to make him a head coach either, bro. So, like, this was moves where we actually helped these men out, bro. Like, we gave them another shot to be a head coach. But people don't want to talk about that, right? They want to talk about, you know, the stuff that will – that will make us look bad as an organization and how we got rid of them. And I'm like, wait, we just, we just gave them an opportunity. Like, what are you talking about? Like, shut the fuck up already, please. But with that, man, I'm done with my rant. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I was getting a little aggressive there, but you know, I, I just felt like I needed to say that because man, if, if you're miserable, like as an NFL fan, you know, like I think, a lot of us are because our team hasn't done nothing in a very long time, but like go, go complain and annoy somebody else, bro. Cause we're not like, we're not going to tolerate it down here in Houston, man. Like I can speak for a lot of us when I say that. And I just want to add one more, one more tidbit is the, the Cal McNair situation. Like I think most of the criticism for everybody is aimed at Cal McNair. I'll be the first one to give him credit for, you know, taking control of his franchise this offseason and hiring D'Amico Ryans. I think I think we all need to give him a lot of credit for, for doing that because, you know, starting out as the owner a few years ago uh, when when uh, his father passed away, he got the controls of the team. And from that moment, if we if we remember, is when Bill O'Brien became GM. And so he was a new owner at this time and you know on one side you have bill bill o'brien trying to control the whole damn ship then on the other side you have jack easterby trying to you know go up the ranks and trying to control the organization and so you know i'm not giving him any excuses but i'm just saying that he he didn't have a conventional start to his ownership for the texans right but the one thing about it is you know he he learned uh, he's taking control of his football team and he's making the right decisions right now. And, you know, we talked about it last week on the podcast, like he's more involved in he's more involved publicly as of late, which I think is can only be good for him. And, you know, during the D'Amico press conference is. I think it's. They just were made it a point to be more in tune with the fans even on social media like you've been talking about for the last few weeks right. just, you know made made it a point to be more in tune with the fans on social media in the community it's to reconnect with us right yeah and so like i'm gonna I'm give him a ton of credit for that because that you know that wasn't the comic there that we saw a few years ago and so i'll go I'll, I'll be the first to give him credit for that yeah man um just uh, proud of, you know, how he's been able to to 
come out and actually make changes and even the uniform changes, bro. Like I think uh, there was rumblings about us having like oiler colors. That's dope as fuck. I'm gonna cop like at least two or three jerseys, hoodies, whatever they have. Uh, that's gonna even bring more fans because it's gonna bring a lot of those Oilers fans from back in the day that kind of felt left out whenever you know they moved to Tennessee. So that's a you know great marketing move too on his part. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's all I had in my rant. Yeah, and uh, you know, let's we went on a long rant. We talked about a lot of things today, and so now let's close this thing out, man. Uh, let's go ahead and end it, guys. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to our podcast. Make sure that you follow us, you know, on Twitter at Inside the H Pod. Make sure you subscribe um, to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. 